Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's an exciting opportunity for us to now uh, sort of set off on a new direction, uh, play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Benton Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in. Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kulosevsky rolls it in. Lascelles are freshly introduced and scoring! Now skipped! Oh. They tackle Romero. He is flying in again and wins it. Great work from Romero! Could this be a chance for Solomon? That is quite something from James Madison! Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs, your award-winning Tottenham Hotspur podcast. We are back. Back, back, back. I'm delighted to have a really special guest join me on this last word on Spurs as we look what's going on in the youth of the football club. And you know what? I've got to say, rather neglectful of us, we don't do more than enough on this side of the football club. And at this time, it is really, really exciting what's going on behind the scenes. And who better to help me try and understand and comprehend what's going on than the main man that I'm sure you guys out there in the Spurs community know when it comes to the youth of Tottenham, the academy, who do we turn to? We always turn to John Wenham over at the White Rose. John, lovely to have you here. Mate, it's been a while. Like I say, I do miss you. I know it's hard, like I say, with commitments, family commitments, it's difficult, mate. But it's so lovely to have you shared a screen with me. How are you, my man? Yeah, Ricky, it's been a long, long time, my friend, and a uh, lot going on. Never been a more exciting time, really, to talk about the academy at the club. We've had so many good results, young prospects coming through, and uh, we've been trying to get this show in the diary for a little while and uh, delighted we've managed to do it. So, yeah, really looking forward to getting into it tonight. Yeah, like I say, always a pleasure to have you on. I know, like I say, many will say it's not enough and it isn't enough. And we'd love to have more of you on here, mate, for sure. And we obviously hope we can make that happen. John, give us a bit of an intro, mate. I mean, look, I've obviously known you for, God, it feels like six, seven years now. Uh, We've both aged definitely since then. That's 100%. um, 100%. But maybe give an intro in terms of what you do, what you cover in terms of Spurs, for those out there that maybe don't know in terms of what you do in the Spurs community. Yeah, so I've probably been covering Tottenham Academy games for about the last 10, 11 years. 
Um, I was, you know, lucky enough to live fairly close to Hotspur Way when I was in Enfield. So I was able to get down there, watch a lot of games and just build up a real, you know, passion and, and hobby of watching the academy side and seeing those next players come through. Who's going to be the next star? Who's going to be the next one, you know, to, to, to be a Harry Kane or if you're not a Harry Kane, you know, someone else that can really contribute to the first team. And, and we've been incredibly lucky. We've had some great players come through the club. And, uh, and I think we're on the crest of a really exciting future with lots of potential homegrown players that can not only just get, you know be a part of the squad, but can really challenge for first team places. So we're going in a really good direction at the moment. I've managed to build up a network of players, ex-players, agents, uh, parents, whoever, um, just from you know attending games, speaking to people at, at the academy. And there's a great feeling when you get down there. If you feel so close to the game, it's like watching. You know, if you ever get the chance to go to Hotspur Way, listeners, really recommend you do amazing facility down there um and it's like watching a game at a park really but just in luxury surroundings you feel so close to the action rick you you it's not like in a big you know 62,000 seat stadium sometimes i'm down there and there's 17 people there you know it's not hundreds of people watching the games but there is a lot of interest in it and it's growing more and more as tottenham are now developing more and more great young players um so we've got loads of them to get into tonight and uh, i'm really looking forward to sharing it all with you ricky on a it sounds like you've got a rare night off from your wife according to the comments yeah, rare night off. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, look, I'm in for it tomorrow. Big sushi night tomorrow night. No doubt about it. I'm uh, The bill's going nice. to be, I don't, I don't know what the bill's going to be looking like, I tell you. It won't be as fun as what Spurs' bill has been so far, um, which to be fair, look, it's nothing been too bad, of course, in terms of the first team, but we're going to keep all matters on the youth. What I will say, look, we're having loads of comments coming through already, and John's very kindly said we'll try and answer as many as we can in terms of the youth. So don't be worried that if your comment isn't read out at the start of the show, We've bookmarked it for it to come. So don't panic. I'll say there's loads of lovely comments coming in. And I'm sure John will try and answer as many as he possibly can. I'll say it's great having this man here. Um, John, you know what? The great thing about the Academy is at the moment, like you just said there, it feels like it's in a really, really good place. And it's come at a really good time when you consider just where the football club is in terms of the first team. I mean, you know what? Just to go a bit off script, you've covered and seen a lot of the youth development on Tottenham. What I want to say is that the last eight to ten years yeah how much has it changed in comparison to where it is now that's what I'm really keen to know from you it's really interesting because we've kind of gone in two cycles we had a period where we were so good at producing young players and it was a period where I know he's not universally loved but it's where Tim Sherwood was our loan coordinator manager and actually we were arranging amazing loans that were getting experience for our players and there was a period where we produced in just one or two seasons the likes of you know Andros Townsend um, obviously, Harry Kane, Tom Carroll, um, Stephen Corker, Alex Pritchard, and all these guys, if some of them didn't make it at Tottenham, they were sold for vast sums of money. You know, you go back to Stephen Corker, he went for 8 million, Pritchard, 8 million, Townsend, 13 million. And um, we had a really good conveyor belt of getting loans at the right time. And then for all the good things that happened while Pochettino was at the club, unfortunately, he had this, you know, train but don't play policy, basically, where players would be involved in training with the first team, but they would never go out on loan. And I feel like we lost a few gems there. Possibly, you know, Carl Walker-Peters, had he gone out on loan at 17, 18, 19, what he could have come on and developed. Uh, Josh Onema is another who had amazing potential in the youth team. And then obviously Marcus Edwards. I know there were some behaviour issues there, but maybe with loans it could have been moulded a bit differently. But I feel like we've... And then we had the cycle with obviously Mourinho, who did like giving young players a chance. He would bring them on in the Europa League. He did it with Dane Scarlett and Marcel Lavinia, Niall John. But they were seemed a bit more like kind of token appearances he would just kind of put them out there so that if they amounted to anything in the future he could be the one to say oh look I gave X the debut or whatever 
And then under Conte, we sort of lost track with the youth. And that's the only way I can put it. You know, I, I know that the boys were being called up and, you know, not really playing or being called up and, and just being used as cones in training effectively, um, which was a really disheartening period for the club. But what I can say is that when Ange came into the club in the summer, I believe it was on his third day at the club, he got all the academy boys from 21s, 18s, down to even 16s um, together in the auditorium at Hotspur Way where they do the press conferences. He got them all together and said, I will get to know who you are, I will learn your name and I will find out about you. And just to hear that on day three from the new first team manager of the club gave the lads just amazing um, belief. You know, this is not something that I've just been turned up at Hotspur Way since the age of eight. He's actually, I can make this a dream, I can make this a reality, I can get a chance to impress the manager and really push on. So for the players to hear that from Ange so early in his tenure has given them a real belief. Uh, and we're seeing that this season. You know, we've seen the likes of Jamie Donnelly, Alfie Dorrington, Iago Santiago Alonso feature you know, in first-team squads. They've been training with the squad. Um, so we're seeing a pathway, and we're going to get into it later on about where that's changed and, and how that can happen. Um, and I think in, in future years, we'll see more of it when Tottenham are back in European football and the opportunities allow. You know, At the moment, obviously, we're just in that, uh, the Premier League and the FA Cup. Um, but in future years, I think we'll see a lot of the academy. And everything I'm hearing behind the scenes is the players love it at the moment. There's a real feel-good factor around the club, and that comes from the first team doing so well. The 21s absolutely smashing their league. The 18s smashing their league. The women's team doing you know really well this year compared to last season. So there's just a real feel-good factor at the club at the moment, and I think that spirals down to the results and the ambitions of players to want to push on and want to do more and want to get involved in the first team. Joe, I don't want to skip ahead because I know we've got lots and lots of really good questions to come, obviously, in the way we've tried to draft this. Um, Bob asks here, how would you describe the pathway to the first eleven? maybe, if we look back in comparison to what it has been under the likes of Mourinho, Conte, Nuno, alas, do you feel there's a lot more of a clearer pathway now for those youngsters to really put an impression in, given what you said there, that on the third day into his role, Ad has already summoned the group and said, look, I'm going to get to know you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also the fact that the likes, the three I mentioned earlier, you know, Santiago Alonso, Dorrington and, and Jamie Donnelly, they're not just being called up on match day to play with the squad. You know, they're, they're basically permanently training with the first team now. So you're getting ready for it. You're becoming familiar with the players around you. I know they're already in a really tight little group. It's quite sweet, actually, with Brennan Johnson. He seems to have taken a real shining to both Alfie Dorrington and, and Jamie Donnelly. Um, you know, so it's nice for the first team players to really take a shine to some of the younger boys and make them feel involved. So that when they are called upon, there is no difficult settling in period you know they're ready and and they want to contribute and they, they feel a part of it so yeah I feel like we've never had a better connect between the academy and the first team or certainly not for at least you know as I said 10 years or so yeah it does feel like that again for those that are a little bit far removed from it which I am I'll be honest with you I mean it's been obviously relentless in terms of where I've put my focus into the first team it does feel at the moment that there's a really good sense of feeling not just amongst the first team but that it seemed to cascade its way down throughout the youth. And that's really fantastic because you want to have a club that ultimately feels like it's all singing from the same hymn sheet and it feels that way. Um, John, it feels like there's only really one place to start with you. You personally, excuse me, broke the news. I want to say now it was back on Wednesday that Alfie, uh, Alfie Devine's loan to Plymouth has come around. Now, it's an interesting one because I think Twitter at the time, or X, obviously now it's formerly known as that, at the time of Devine being exercised to come back, there was lots of suspicion about what that was going to mean. Could that mean it'd be a first-team potential spot? Could that mean he'd be going out on a loan that'd be better suited for him? Tell us how about this is. Tell us how this has come about, and ultimately what this means for the player for the second half of the season. 
Yeah, so as far as I understand the news was that Alfie was very happy at Port Vale. He'd made uh, 26 appearances there in the first half of the season. So, you know, that's just phenomenal. Going away and playing senior men's football, I can't speak highly enough for it. I'd recommend it to any of our younger academy players just to get out there, earn your stripes. The experience is nothing like, you know, the relaxing settings of under-18s, under-21s football, playing with people that are playing for their mortgages or playing for, you know, bonuses that actually mean something to them, not just infinite amounts of money, as you see in the, the Premier League first teams. So for Alfie to do that and to, you know, early on in his in his career there, get a penalty away at Oxford and step up and take it as a 19-year-old, you know, last-minute penalty to win them the game, showed serious character. And, and, you know, expect that from Alfie, from what we've seen in the youth team. So, as I said, he was very happy at Port Vale, was getting a good experience there. I know Tottenham were happy with it, but last week they got a phone call from Ian Foster, who's the new manager at Plymouth. Um, Ian managed Alfie. Um, at England age group levels when England was so successful winning tournaments under 18 and under 19 and under 20 level. Um, he's obviously worked with Alfie before, knows Alfie and basically said, you know, does he, does he want the opportunity to come and play for me? So I can presume, I know people are worried that moving up from a guaranteed starter in League One to the championship, you might think, oh, they're not going to start. But the manager knows him. That's the difference. He's already made it abundantly clear. This is a player that he knows and relies upon. And as we've seen with Ashley Phillips, also at Plymouth, he went straight into the team, you know. So, so if this manager knows you, he's prepared to give young players a chance. And I just think what a fantastic opportunity for Tottenham now to really build a working relationship with Plymouth because we could be loaning them three or four players a season, you know, top, our top level players and they're getting guaranteed championship football. But also they've got a boy there, Whitaker, I believe, who, you know, a lot yeah. of clubs are looking at. If we could yep. build a good relationship, you know, you start in some good, you know, good movement there on potential deals. So I, th I think we've just got to keep this deal going now with, with Plymouth, I think it could be a really excellent landing spot for a lot of our players. There's a couple I can think of that maybe next year um, would also benefit from that move. Um, and obviously, I wouldn't be adverse even. I know, I know people saying, oh, Alfie should come back after this season. But let's just see how he does. You know, let's let him get those senior games under his belt in the championship. It will be a step up. Um, I've, I've got full confidence that Alfie will one day be a Tottenham Hotspur player. But we're in no rush for that. You know, he's got time on his hands. Um, he's developing nicely. He's getting lots of game time. And... I'm hoping that, you know, if it goes well at Plymouth, maybe he can stay there next season. Or if there's a new, maybe a newly promoted Premier League team, maybe they'll take a gamble on Alfie and, and, and get him playing there. But for him now, if he can just go out and get lots of game time, it's really, really important um, for his development to keep progressing because he is a regular starter for England. And we see some of the names in that England, you know, under-19 team with him who are maybe getting first-team starts at other clubs and, and that sort of stuff. But, you know, everything I hear about Alfie is he is he, determined and desperate to make it at Tottenham. They took a chance on him as a 15-year-old from Wigan, um, having spotted him in a FA Youth Cup game. Um, and, and he really likes it at the club and, and wants to make a big success of it at Tottenham. So, yeah, let's hope this loan continues to, the second loan goes as well as the first. And uh, we've got some player on our hands there. Yeah, I mean, you telepathically already answered the questions I had in my mind, John, which is one that I was going to ask you just how far away you feel divine is just on ability alone season and really showing Ange what he's capable of because again obviously Mourinho did give him I believe his debut yeah, at the time which we remember yeah, scored. yeah yeah and scored and again I mean there's obviously rave reviews in terms of just how good this guy is I mean I know you don't want to put any pressure on it do you think there's any every opportunity that if he does really well in this second half of the season that you could see him predominantly feature for Ange in pre-season and maybe give him a dilemma yeah, I mean, look, Andrew looked at him during his first preseason as well. You know, he got him involved in a cut, I think it was the West Ham game and another game he actually played this preseason. So Andrew's looked at him and, and knows about him. Um, yep. I, I personally just, it's just my opinion, but I would love to see a player do, you know, as I said, it, 
it's kind of sped up naturally already. You know, his development is moving faster than I predicted it would. I didn't think he'd be in the championship for the second half of this season, but obviously it's aligned nicely and he is. And he might be so confident in himself and, and the club and the agents with him might say, look, let's get him a premiership loan next year. But I just think that will be the step first before he challenging at Tottenham because it is pointless him coming back and say, say for example, we finish in the Champions League spots, which I think we will this year. Mm. Then, you know, in the Champions League, you don't really get the opportunity to rotate your squad too much. And at that point, I think some of our better players, young players would be better suited going out on loan. But if we got in the Europa League, say, then you could keep an Alfie around and others because you would have opportunities to play them. Interesting one again here from Bob Dallander. And don't worry, guys, I have got your other questions lined up, but Bob is just kind of bringing these questions in at really good points here. Um, obviously, you discussed their a potential relationship with Plymouth in the long term. How much work does go in, John, to really identifying the correct loan clubs? Because I think it's fair to say, look, my fingers aren't really massively on the pulse when it comes to looking at the loans that players have had. But, I mean, just on the periphery, there's been a few that just simply haven't worked out where players have gone out on loan, haven't really got games. And you do wonder how much due diligence has been done beforehand with relation to really seeking that the player that Spurs are going to be putting on loan is going to get regular game time. So do you feel... There's been a little bit of a shift in the club in terms of being a lot more due diligent in relation to where these players are going out on loan. Yeah, I think there definitely has been a big shift in that. But I think they've been unlucky as well because the two that are the ones that get pointed out for not working out the most are actually the two that probably should have worked the best. One being Dane Scarlett's loan to Ipswich. Now, they had Kieran McKenna. Kieran, obviously, ex-Tottenham under-18s manager, knows Dane, made it very, very clear that Dane is one of the best uh, finishers he'd seen in the country for his age when working with him at Tottenham and also at England. Um, so so Kieran, you know, gave all the indications that Dane was going to be a regular player for them. But obviously, Ipswich have been flying. Once this team starts off like that, it can be difficult to get back into the side. And, and Dane found minutes limited. The other one that didn't work so well was Niall John. But, you know, again, another strange scenario because we had Chris Powell working at the club at the time. Chris took Niall down there for the loan day, if you remember, Ricky, and posed with him with the shirt and everything. Um, so I had full faith that that loan was going to go well as well. But but they're the two that haven't. Um, yeah. Look, there, there have been so many that haven't. I know for a fact from speaking to uh, somebody last week, very closely connected to one of our loan moves, that Tottenham now basically say to clubs before we let them have a player, we will pay their wages, i.e. Tottenham will pay the salary of the young player with a guarantee that they play X amount of games or a certain number of minutes. So it's not right. in the interest now of these clubs, especially lower down the league table, to be taking yep. a boy on loan from Tottenham and not playing him because they can't afford to pay the financial penalties, you know? Right. So straight away now, you're going to see, you know, I think we could see more leagues, more loans to, to, to Division 2, lower leagues on, on that basis that, you know, we will cover the salary as long as the boy is playing because, you know, that's good for everybody. One, Tottenham get the experience of the boy playing, the boy gets the experience of going out there and playing proper football um, and also in it's risk-free and that we know the club won't really um, not pick the player because there'll be penalised for not doing so. Yep. I'm going to try and throw in a couple of questions if we can. We've got loads coming in. And um, this one here, John, could you ask John the club's process of recruiting youngsters into the academy, please? We're really fascinated to know about that. John, have you got a quick answer on how that process yeah, works? Tottenham have lots of links to, to clubs in basically areas that have got, you know, historic Tottenham kind of fan base roots, if I'm being brutally honest. So even the Tottenham Foundation training they do, they do one up in Hartford, one in Epping, uh, one in Woodhouse College. You know, that, they're picking up players from there, but they're also signing players. They've got scouts all over the place. I know, you know, Jamie Donnelly, for example, was picked up from uh, Colchester Villa, which is a local side in Colchester, at the age of eight. Um, Alfie Dorrington came from Cockfosters FC at 
11 or 12. Um, so, they're, they're, you know, they're recruiting players from all over the place all the time. And obviously, we've seen some recruits from further afield in recent years. We've seen the Irish League dipped into a couple of times for Troy Parrott, for Josh Keeley. Um, we saw uh, Pele Arganese McDermott, uh, under-18 centre-back, signed from Luton. So they've got their eyes on, on players all over the place. Um, but yeah, local recruitment is still it's still really good to see that. Actually, I was I was incredibly proud. Actually, Tottenham played and beat Manchester City five nil uh, in the under twenty ones in the opening game of this season away at Man City. And Man City had a full team full of Brazilians and you know people from all, all over the world basically. And Tottenham rocked up there with kind of nine of their eleven boys from twenty minutes twenty five minutes away from the training ground. You know, it's just quite a nice feeling. You know, that that's a proper local homegrown yeah. club, and we've gone and spanked them five nil. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just a sense of immense pride, and I'm sure it was for the coaches at the club as well. Yeah, that's a really nice segue, John, into my next point that I want to make, is that the under-21s, as you've referenced, have been absolutely flying this season. I'd love to ask you what you personally has changed from this season to last, because it just feels the club, well, that age group in particular, is absolutely shining at the moment, John. Yeah, I mean, the under-21s have had a crazy good season. So they're played 10, won 10, top of the league, this is a side that last season didn't win a game until January um, and, and obviously got relegated, so to speak, before they changed the rules on the Premier League 2 and decided there was no longer relegation. Um, we're now top of the league and Man City that were right at the top last year are now rock bottom. So it's funny how quickly it can turn around. Um, what's changed? Well, a lot of the better under-18s players have moved up and are now playing in the under-21s. Um, we've... And, and, and I think last year was so bad, but actually from about January onwards, we were pretty good. You know, we were winning at Liverpool, we beat Arsenal. Um, so we had a kind of unlucky, you know, first start of the season, a few games that kind of went against us. But yeah, this season round, we've just been brilliant. Some of the standout performers, I've just been, you know, writing down the stats before I came on. So you've got Jamie Donnelly, uh, 12 appearances in total for the, for the 21s this season, including the cup games, six goals, 12 assists. I mean, that, you know, it's ridiculous numbers, it really is. Um, and he's got five in five for, for England under-19s as well. Then you've got Yago, Santiago Alonso, who plays on the left wing in that team. Uh, 11 appearances, six goals, four assists. You've got Jude Sunsat bell who plays on the right-hand side, who recruited from Chelsea last January. 13 appearances, nine goals, five assists. And then you've got Will Lankshire through the middle. And I'll go on to Will in a minute. Will's got 12 appearances with 10 goals and two assists. Will also got called up for the first time uh, to England under-19s to reward his progress for Tottenham. And he scored three goals in three games for England as well. So you've got four players there that are just chipping in ridiculous numbers of goals and assists, confidence flying in all four of them. Um, so, yeah, it's just really, really exciting to see. And I mean, they're all pushing to be in the first team, to train with the first team. So we've got some really good things going on there. But, you know, then in terms of that team, you've then got at the back, you've got Alfie Dorrington, who is a phenomenal young centre-back Um I'm really pleased to have been back on the England scale. He was always in the England age group setups and then was dropped out of it for a year when they changed manager, but has got back in there now, and rightfully so. And you had him alongside Ashley Phillips in the first half of the season, obviously now out on loan. Um, so, yeah, the, the team just look physically very, very strong. and They look like they're going to beat you before you come on the pitch. But when you add to that the skillfulness, the pace, uh, the game reading of, of the likes of Donnelly and, and Sunsuk Bell, and then the brute power of Will Lancashire up front, you're onto a really good thing. And we've just been blowing teams away. Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting them to continue, despite some of the players heading out alone. I think we will continue to do very, very well. Um, but, yeah, Will Lankshire is an interesting one because he was uh, released by Arsenal, I believe, at 15. Uh, is a Tottenham fan, but was with Arsenal's academy the whole time. Um, was released, moved up to Sheffield United, absolutely banged in the goals up in Sheffield. 
And then Tottenham have bought him back for £2 million. Now, that's a lot of money for Tottenham to invest on a 17-year-old boy that was released by Union Neighbours for free um, 18 months earlier. But, you know, that's football for you. And especially that's youth football. You know, one person's opinion can be so different to somebody else. So it's about one coach spotting talent in a player that someone else missed out upon. But were Will to become good at Tottenham, having been released by Arsenal and as a you know a boyhood Tottenham fan, uh, would just be a fantastic story. So, yeah, hoping that Will can, can keep pushing on. And we've heard that story before, haven't we, Rick? There was a we certain other story. <laughs> just on Will Lancashire, I mean, John, from what you've seen of him, and it's, I must admit, you know, it's really hard because, again, with these kind of age groups, lots can change in their lives. And we know ultimately how hard it is to actually breakthroughs and maintain their consistent level of performance and again we've seen that with the likes no disrespect of Harry Winks who obviously did have a prominent first couple of years at Spurs Skip of course is now in and around that first team and that's a debate that could veer off in a different direction but where we are in terms of Will Lancashire in terms of potential John do you see this player being a real potential option for Tottenham in the future how good is he at the moment He's good at the moment, but he's one that definitely needs one or two loans, in my opinion. He's got some some good basic skills at the moment in terms of being a big hold-up forward that's also got really neat feet and can finish. Um, but it, I, you know, there's others in front of him at the moment, if I'm being honest, in my opinion, that play in a similar forward role. Um, but but we all, you know, as I said, the numbers speak for themselves. 12 appearances, 10 goals, 2 assists, went off to England, having never been involved in those England age groups before. Normally, the players, the most talented ones, get in at England at about under 14, under 15, and then stay in there the whole way through. To get in later on isn't easy. So it was a reward for his outstanding progress. Um, but yeah, I would certainly, I think he's ready now, Will, to go on a loan. I'd like to see him go out on loan and, and, and get some senior football under his belt. But yeah, for a, for a big guy, um, he's got really good technical feet. He scores a number of goals where he kind of takes it past the keeper and they're on the floor. Um, and, you know, he's got to have good feet to do that. So yeah, he's a skillful player as well. So I think Will, a couple of loans would really suit his development well, especially at this time. Yeah, I am going to ask you in a second about other standout players, but one of them that has been standout really from the moment it was announced, because it did get a lot of headline grabbing, was the fact Spurs did secure Sunset Bell, who I believe obviously, of course, at the time was a player that, again, you know, for whatever reason, um, on the market, an opportunity, Spurs spotted it. What's been your impression, John, of his start to life at Spurs? And should we be excited at the prospect of this player at the moment? Yeah, I think we should. Uh, I mean, I mentioned his numbers earlier, nine goals and five assists. I mean, he's a really tricky, quick right winger that's quite tall. Um, he could also play as an out-and-out striker, as I believe he did that at Chelsea before joining Tottenham. Um, and he was formerly involved in England youth, youth setups. I think uh, just an opportunity arose where, for whatever reason, at Chelsea, um, he'd become frustrated. At, you know, having he was, I think he was always the star player from 16, 17, and up 16 and 17 and 18, basically. And then... He was kind of forced out of the side where a new signing came in when he was injured. He never really got back in. I think he was frustrated and he wanted a change of scenery. And obviously Tottenham presented that chance to stay in London, carry on at the Category A Academy. And I think the start was, was quite slow when he first came in. But this year he's completely hit the ground running. And uh, yeah, I know the coaches are delighted with his progress. And he's, he, he's seen as one of the real top performers in that group. And another one who I understood when he was signed, he was kind of promised that you would do six months and then you would go out on loan. But unfortunately, he picked up an injury in the summer that kind of curtailed that from happening. So I think he's one. If you were to ask me now, who's the most likely to go out on loan mm -hmm. uh, next? Yep. It, would be, it would be Jude. Okay, interesting. John, I'll give you the opportunity because like I say we've got lots to get through. Um, standout players in terms of the age group, who are the ones that we should be keeping an eye on? We've mentioned, of course, Sunset Bill already. And of course, we've mentioned other names. Who for you at the moment is the real key player that you feel a standout? We need to keep an eye on and watch. 
Yeah, well, look, obviously the ones I've mentioned, obviously, you know, the attacking players are the ones that, that win your games, basically, at the end of the day. You know, you, you Jamie, Jamie Donnelly, Iago Santiago Alonso, Jude Sunset Bell, and, and Will Lankshire. But also, um, there's been a few unsung heroes in that team as well. We've had young Rio Kyra Mayton, who's come up from the under-18s. And, you know, he's popping up with important goals and, he, and he's contributing heavily. Um, I think he's going to be a good player for Tottenham in the future. And then we've had... Um, two very good goalkeepers in that age group. One who's obviously gone out on loan now, and Josh Keeley, Ireland under 21 international, really good, can play with his feet, um, good at picking a pass, quick off his line. And Luca Gunter as well is another homegrown young goalkeeper signed from Cockfosters. Um, lots of good attributes to, to Luca as well. So, yeah, we're, we're really sport at the moment for good players in that team. And, and I'm hopeful that lots of them can push on and, and hopefully make a career at Tottenham and or in the Premier League. We have had a question in, John, in relation to Jamie Donnelly and whether you feel a loan might be favourable for him. And the reason why I ask you that, again, is that we've seen a couple of times, that although he has obviously come on and played for Spurs, he has been stripped off. And just That's for unfortunate... Back. Yeah, been sent yeah, back. It's, yeah. it's, been, it's been unfortunate, hasn't he, though? It's just not his fault, the poor kid. It's just where the timing of the games has happened, wherever we've scored or for whatever reason, the poor kid stripped off, ready to go. And it's just been told to sit back down. I mean, I don't know how much that's demotivating for the player. Look, I'm sure, again, he's a Spurs boy, wants to do well. Do you think a loan could favourable be for him? Or do you think, you know, being around the first team, being around Ange is actually more influential than a potential loan for the second half of the season? It's really interesting because, look, had had uh, Velez and Dane Scarlett not both got injured, I would be saying, yeah, you know, put Jamie out on loan. I know already that, you know, clubs, I remember we beat Peterborough in the in the EFL Cup and uh, their manager, Darren Ferguson, came out and said what a good player Jamie was, you know. Um, so I'm sure there's plenty of clubs, even championship level, that would snap up Jamie almost instantly if he was to be made available because you're getting a left-footed, talented, creative goal scorer that's got a great mentality and, and can run the game basically from either midfield or up front. Um, so it gives you versatility, gives you options. Um, but actually, as I said, because of those injuries to Velez and, and Dane Scarlett, Jamie is basically guaranteed to be on the bench for the next month, two months as, as a bare minimum, you know. So for him, it'll be about just, what, you know, when games are at the right time to be coming on and, and get opportunities. And the beauty of Jamie is he's so versatile. The Newcastle game, it, it sort of went under the radar at the time, but he actually came on in, in you know, in kind of a holding midfield role, which was just bizarre. Um, so I've never seen him play that role ever. Um, but, but you know, he's confident on the ball. He's confident he can play in midfield, but but also he's, he's still an out-and-out forward for me. Um, but he's got that ability as a creative 10 as well. So, yeah, for, for him, I think because of the way the injuries have lined up, it would be sensible for him to stay around this season and maybe next season look for a full year in the Championship, um, which would be, look, a great first step. Not many 19-year-olds go out and can go to the Championship at 19, and I know that he'd be a sort of standout player for quite a few clubs in that division. So, that, you know, that's really impressive. Um so for now, I think it's better if he hangs around at Tottenham. And just to confirm, you don't really expect any movement between now and the end of the window. Would you be surprised if that loan was sanctioned for him? I would be. I, look, the only way I could see that cropping up is, is if, for example, another club with a couple of days notice lost their main striker or something. Right. And there's sort of a guarantee of, yeah, we'll get Jamie in and he'll start, you know, 18 games from now to the end of the season. That would be too good an opportunity to turn down. And I'm right, sure, okay. you know, his agents and his family would, would, would speak to Tottenham about that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, for, for me, I just think that, uh, you know, Andrew obviously likes him and he's involved in the first team and uh, he's obviously made two appearances already. But, you know, he was a bit unlucky. He could have had four, as you said, Ricky, if it wasn't yep. for Andrew issuing him with the uh, sit down. Yeah. 
<laughs> you don't argue with Ange, do you? I mean, we've seen He's Ange on that. He's we've seen guy. Ange, you know, again, everyone obviously outside of Spurs sees this warm, cuddly teddy bear, but that's slowly that mask, you know, of Ange. We all love him. There's a bit of a sign that you don't want to rile. I think, again, we've seen a couple of uh, journalists getting that in the pressers, questioning the integrity. Don't question the man. Um, John, before we go for our first break, I want to ask you, any players that you feel maybe perhaps gone under the radar and, again, ones that we should maybe keep an eye on? Yeah, there's been a couple that have, uh, you know, one in particular, I've mentioned earlier, but he's gone like he went under my radar last year, and that was Iago Santiago Alonso. He was one that I fully expected to be released at the end of his Tottenham contract. It was out in the summer. Um, he got a two-year new deal, and I, amongst many others on, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, were were very, very surprised. Um, I expected him to, to go back to Spain, and he'd never really been a standout player in the academy games at Tottenham. And then this season started, and boy, it was like something had clicked overnight, you know, and suddenly we had this creative, strong, powerful left winger that was scoring goals and and really impacting games. So, yeah, uh, Iago Santiago Alonso came as a surprise for me as well, despite watching him maybe 20, 30 times last season. I, I just didn't see the transformation, but that can happen with age. You know, you can have that that period off in the summer where you go away, recharge the batteries and you come back hungry and, you know, you want to impress and want to state your claim. And yeah, absolutely. I've just been really impressed with, with Iago Santiago Alonso this season. Amazing. Look, guys, what we are going to do, we are going to go for our midway break of the show for our listeners and audio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi everyone, Crackers here with your 2024 Legends event update. Thursday the 7th of March at Tillswood Golf Club in Surrey, Echo 61.co.uk have England legend Stuart Pearce. Friday the 8th and Saturday the 9th of March, Sandro is appearing in Limavardi and Dublin respectively. That's Emerald Spurs events across the socials for tickets. Worcester Spurs at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. They have Harry Redknapp on Thursday the 14th of March. Friday the 15th of March at Dartford FC, South East Thames Spurs have Paul Stewart and Paul Walsh. H2O Legend Events.co.uk for tickets there. Monday the 18th of March, Sporting Experiences.co.uk 
have Glen Hoddle at the Wylots Theatre, Potter's Bar, Hertfordshire. And finally, Friday the 22nd of March, Close Encounter, Dot Events, have Harry Redknapp at the Penridge Suites, Arnest Grove, North London. So there's your update at Mr Cracknell across the socials for further info. Cheers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi there. This is Ross Williams from The Last Word on Spurs. A few years ago, I researched and wrote a book about the huge physical and mental benefits of one simple form of exercise. It's called How to Walk Yourself Healthy and Happy and it's helped thousands of people all over the world. Now, I've created an audio course which helps people maybe like you prevent five serious life-threatening conditions and protect themselves for the future. For example, this form of exercise is the closest thing to a silver bullet for conditions like high blood pressure and high cholesterol levels. If you're over 40, this is the information you need and the simple plan to protect yourself and get results. Risk-free, visit walkyourselfhealthyandhappy.com forward slash audio hyphen course or click the website link in my profile on X. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. I want to say a massive thank you for the whole host of your questions that are coming to us. We're going to try our best to get John to answer as many as we possibly can. Although what I would say is that we are trying to stick to a, a bit of a running order just so we try and give you guys as much information as possible. Because like I say, it's not often we're blessed with the presence of John and we want to get as much out of John as possible during this show. So we'll try and filter through as many questions as we can. And I know John's got an eagle eye on the comments as well. And look, so look, between us both, 
We'll try and get you the most important questions answered during the show. But again, thank you for all the support. And again, if you don't know John, of course, check him out at lilywhite underscore rose on X. Of course, does fine, fine work on the academy. Um, I think, again, this is not to have a, a slight dig at the football club. Obviously, we saw the club recently release their own academy um, Twitter, obviously, out there. And what I would say is there's still that, obviously, many will go to John's check first, what's going on, which tells you a lot about just how John has built his reputation over many, many years of, of course, attending many youth games, having really good relationships with a lot of the players there. So I can tell you look, well-heartedly, what John says to you comes very, very close to a lot of, obviously, what the players are like behind the scenes. And again, it reflects the great mood, John, that there is right now, because um, I know this show isn't about the first team, but it does 100% feel, John, that that feel-good factor around the first team is 1 billion percent cascading downwards, right? Absolutely, mate. I, I told you, I've, I've never known a, a happier time. You know, wonder through the foyer at Hotspur Way and people are smiling, people are happy to be there. That comes from, you know, Amanda at the reception to, you know, the under-18s manager. Everyone is really, really pleased with how things are going and uh, long may it continue, you know, because we've, we've come out of a, a difficult period under two previous managers um, where there was a kind of feeling of negativity around the club and you know, we, we weren't achieving as our maximum capacity, but everything I can see now, and, you know, I don't, you know, I don't talk too much about the first team, but if, if we just very, very quickly do, even just, you know, the backbone of that team now, Udoji, Van de Ven, um, you know, Porro, Romero, the, the oldest player there is 25. I mean, it's just so exciting, Ricky, honestly. And these players yeah. are just getting better every single game yeah. they play. They're getting more experience, yeah. understanding the league more, they're getting more settled away from uh, into London and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, the future really is our oyster at this club at the moment, and we really need mm. to utilise that. And we've got this great conveyor belt of academy players before. You know, we've got an under-21 team that have won 10 out of 10 games, um, and they're pushing and they want to get in the first team as well. So really exciting times. Yeah, you're steering me nicely, John, on to my next point. Look, we have seen the likes of Jamie Donnelly, Alfie Dorrington, Diego Santiago Alonso feature in first-team squads over the last few weeks and months. I think the key question many want to know is just how close are those players individually, respectively, breaking into a potential first team selection under round in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're in the squad, so that's a good start. I mean, I mean, Jamie and Alfie have been in, I think, the last 10 or 11 squads now. Not always, you know, coming, not coming on, but they're there. They are part of it. Yago has dipped in and out and had an injury as well. Um, but, you know, I, I, think, I think further down the line, and when I say further down the line, I mean next season we'll see more of these young guys because I just think we'll have more games and more opportunities for them to to be involved. But um, they're training every day. They feel a part of the first team. They they are a part of the first team now. Um, and obviously, we've seen that with Jamie with his number 63 shirt and his legacy number. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, Yago and also Alfie Dorrington make that next step and get that appearance as well. I'm really trying to not keep reflecting back to the previous managers. Believe me, John, I'm trying not to. Yeah. But I really want to know... <laughs> I know, honestly. Um, I really want to know, just in comparison to where we did stand under the previous three managers, if we say it like it that. No, it was it was five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> God, it felt like longer at the time, didn't it, mate? It felt like longer, unfortunately. It felt like it felt like a long, long time. Um, how much do you feel Andy's willing to give an opportunity for those younger players to blossom at the football club? Because again, there is, you know, very much people like yourself out there that are so really intrinsically focused on seeing the youth players do well at Spurs. It's a really, really big part of what makes the academy and the community so in touch that there are, of course, the elements where there's nothing like having one of your own. We saw that, of course, with Harry Kane 
And look, Harry Winks at the time and Oliver Skip, when they got their opportunities, there is something different, John, isn't there? When you see one of your own come out of that stadium, playing for you, scoring in big games, big moments. I don't want to say it's differently to when a player is bought from an overseas league, but there is something really special about, of course, a player coming through the academy. And I just wonder for yeah. you, under Ange, where you see that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, as you said, there is no better feeling of a, a complete club feeling. And that comes from, you know, the grassroots level of, if, you know, your local club, you want them to do well. And you know, if you're lucky enough to get a, a boy through the academy set, set up who also supports the club, and if he wasn't out there on the pitch contributing to the team, he would be with you in the stands, you know. They're the players that you do naturally always want to do well because they are one of your own, as you said. And it was lovely to see. I was sat in the South Stand, I think, the Newcastle game when, when Jamie Donnelly came on and people were singing he's one of our own, you know. So people know as well, you know. So it, it gives it gives the players a lift, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I just think we can really get behind those players. And hopefully, under Ange said, I think it'll be a bit further down the line, maybe next year, we will see more opportunities presented for those young players that are deserving of the opportunities. Mm. Talk about opportunities, John. We saw a tweet from your ex-account that you were fairly frustrated that Jamie Donnelly and Diego Santiago had not been set to play for the under-21s v Southampton last week. You just want to elaborate on your frustrations because, again, for many out there that aren't a keen follower of the youth, they'd probably be keen to know what your frustrations were and why. Yeah, look, and, and there's two sides to that argument. I can see the side of the argument that people say, oh, you don't want the players to get injured and then they can't be on the bench. You know, I, I, I understand the argument, but, you know, my opinion is last week, Jamie Donnelly and um, Iago Santiago Alonso played no football the entire week. Now, they're at an age where they have to be playing football. They have to be getting minutes in their belt. <coughs> and you can't just have whole weeks of not playing. So throughout the season, what Tottenham have managed really well is those boys have played with the 21s and then have been getting the odd two to three minutes at the end of games. So they've been doing both. And it's not impossible to do because you look at Alfie Dorrington did both. Alfie Dorrington played the full game against Southampton on the Friday night and then he was on the bench on Sunday. Now, if you asked either of those boys what would they want to do, I can absolutely guarantee you they'd both be saying to Ange and you know Wayne Burnett, the manager, let me play. These boys want to play so that when you call upon them, they look sharp. They look match ready. They've got good fitness. You know, people don't understand. You can quickly lose the match sharpness from not playing football. And that's why sometimes when we put together disjointed sides in the Carabao Cup and things like that, it looks a mess because these people aren't used to playing high intensity football. So I just think it's really important that the boys keep on, while, while they're only getting, you know, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, they keep on playing with the 21s to keep their match sharpness high, to keep their confidence high. Um, so, so, so that when they're involved, they can deliver to their absolute maximum ability. Yeah, look, again, it's a really interesting point, And it's one, again, for those that are keen, very much you followers, they'll understand that, John. I mean, they 100% will understand that point. And look, you know, we have seen a string of loans from the under-21s announced, the likes of Ashley Phillips, Matthew Craig, Josh Keeley heading on or out the door, respectively, to, like I say, the clubs that have been aforementioned during the show. Keen to know from you how those guys are getting on and whether these loans so far, although some of them are really, really early days, I must stress, we're talking days rather than weeks yeah. and months. Um, how are the guys settling in? Probably that's a good question well, to ask you. You know, as, as we touched upon earlier, with Tottenham's new kind of due diligence they seem to be doing on picking strategic and sensible loans, they're all starting. You know, they went away last week and I was delighted, delighted, Ricky, that they were all instantly starting 
many fans of these clubs told me that it'd be impossible for, you know, ex-player from Tottenham under-21s to walk straight into their team. Well, they've all done it. Um, we saw Ashley Phillips get the man of the match for Plymouth. So, you know, that's amazing to just drop into the championship and get the man of the match on your debut and be trusted to start a centre-back. Uh, he played in the back three, I believe, actually, in the right-sided centre-back. But, uh, yeah, really, really pleased for Ashley. Josh Keeley went to Barnet. He's already made three appearances. I mean, for a goalkeeper, people said to me, oh, is the National League at Barnet too low? But actually, it's a perfect move, Barnet, because I understand as part of the arrangement, he still trains at Hotspur Way two or three times a week so they can keep an eye on his progress, check how that's going. And he's starting matches, um, you know, and he can still live at home, Barnet and Hotspur Way, 10 minutes, 15 minutes apart. So um, that's an ideal loan. He'll probably be looking to move up two divisions next year, get a League One loan. You know, he's, he's battling to be Ireland number 21 starting goalkeeper. I think he's a really good prospect and Tottenham have done very, very well to bring him to the club. But it's the little things Tottenham do sometimes so well as well. The things like having Pat Jennings still working for the club, you know, popping into the club. Imagine as a young Irish boy and you're coming over your family and you're seeing Pat there and you're a goalkeeper. There is no bigger uh, inspirational legend, right? it's just, you know, for you. Yeah. And we've got him there just milling around Hotspur Way, you know, waiting yeah. to meet and greet. You know, it's just yep. some of the things they do fantastically well. And, and, and that carries on with, you know, Jermaine Defoe being in the under-18s uh, at Tottenham as a coach. Um, obviously, we had Yaya Torre, although not an ex-Tottenham uh, player, still somebody that all the academy boys looked up to as a superstar. You know, they remembered wanting to pack him on FIFA and, you know, that sort of thing as kids. You know, Yaya Torre was a, a top, top-level player. Yeah, having absolutely. Their coach oh, is just yeah. mad, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, you know, I just hope Tottenham can continue doing more things like that as well, bringing in, you know, top ex-pros to the club and, and getting them working with the players. Because even just doing finishing practice with Jermaine Defoe, regardless yep. of what age you are, you don't lose that, you know. That's a top person to be to be learning off. But, yeah, and then and the third player on loan, just to touch back on it, was Matthew Craig. Um, dropped into uh, uh, the Doncaster and it looked absolutely fine there, you know, as, as I thought he would. You know, he, he's straight in, starting games. Um he was a player that was a kind of standout for our under-21s as well, actually, in the first part of the season. Um, captain in the side quite often, a level of maturity to him. Um, so pleased for him to go out there and earn his stripes and get his first loan too. John, just on the point, like I say we mentioned about the loan players there. And it'd be keen to know from you, with those players that are leaving on loan, who is likely to replace those guys moving forward? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a perfect segue, really, to allow our under-18s that have been... Uh, doing so well in their league. We're going to come on to them a little bit later. But there's a couple there that just instantly slot in and move up. So the likes of Tyrese Hall, absolute standout performer for the under-18s. Almost every time I see him play, possibly in my top two or three favourite players, just to watch as a footballer. Um, he's got this way of picking up the ball in space, shrugging off two or three challenges and you know moving his way through the midfield. Um, he's just a really nice player to watch on the ball and he can make things happen and also pop up with, with vital goals more and more. Um, I find it baffling that he's never been selected for England at age group level. Really, really strange decision. He's been on the standby list three or four times. And I mentioned it on something else I was on a while back that uh, I know that Jamaica are interested in him. And I just wonder how quickly he'll be fast-tracked into possibly their senior setup um, because he's a top, top player. And if England don't pick him, you know, it will be at their demise um, because I said they just haven't picked him over the years. So I think he'll move up and replace Matthew Craig. I think in goal, um, you'll see Luca Gunter. Him and Josh Keeley were kind of battling, playing a game each for the first half of the season. But Luca's a very, very good keeper, was our keeper as we won the under-17 and under-18 Premier League Cup last season. Um, and then if um, one of Yargo or Jude go out, which I think they will, one of the two, 
then Mikey Moore will come up. Now, Mikey is still just 16 years of age, um, but you know, he is. Uh, we, we talk about you know generational talents and star boys and all these kind of names. He is one that does genuinely fit that criteria. He is one that every major club wanted in the summer. Huge credit to Gretar Steinson, who's obviously now left the club, but was there at the time, who, who made that deal happen and did a lot of work to convince him that his career was best served by signing up with Tottenham. Um, you know, 16, as I said, he's made eight appearances this year. He's had an injury, so he missed a few games, but eight appearances, eight goals, six assists. Um, I believe he's got eight goals for England as well at age group level, Mikey. So, yeah, he, he's one that, that's ready to step up and even as a 16-year-old, he's ready to play on three months football, which is really just incredible to see. Yeah, listen, I do agree. Job, before we go on to the 18s, I'm going to try and throw in as many listener questions as I can. We had a load coming here, so I'll try and rattle through as many as I possibly can. Janice asked the question, has Andy watched any of the under-21 games at Hotspur Way this season? I think there's only been one at Hotspur Way this season. Um, they, they've all been moved to, to Stevenage on Monday nights. Uh, I right, believe it was okay. one early, early doors uh, against Newcastle from memory. Um, yep. But look, he's, he's got scouts and coaches that go and watch the games. But it's not, unfortunately, as I said, they used to play them all at Hotspur Way and it was really, really easy for the managers literally just to walk over when their session had finished and just watch the game. I remember being at one of the under-21 games and uh, Poch was about two people down from me, which was just incredible. Um, so I'm sure when, when more of them are played, uh, you know, at Hotspur Way or, or convenient locations when the first team haven't got other commitments, they'll be there. But but the the dialogue between Angie's coaches and the players in that team, I understand, is very, very good. Uh, yep. And they'll probably have, you know, weekly or, or, or fortnightly meetings with Wayne Burnett, the 21 manager, to discuss, you know, who's ready to come up and train. And then Angie and his coaches can, can make a decision on who's ready for potential further involvement. Interesting. Uh, Derek says here, look, I think we've answered this question already, Derek. Uh, John, I think you're fairly confident that might be a relationship there budding away with regards to Plymouth and Tottenham. We've obviously seen, of course, actually Phillips go there on loan and that's obviously now been followed up with Alfie Devine. As you said earlier, budding relationship, John, we hope, fingers crossed, right? Potentially there. Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, if, Derek, thanks for the question. And, and obviously, look, this would be ideal for both clubs in that one, Tottenham could provide Plymouth with two or three of their outstanding prospects every season. Um, ideally, a, a, you know, a similar deal that they do with the lower league clubs where Tottenham will pay their salary and Plymouth just have to guarantee a certain amount of game time for the player or opportunities. With yep. Ian Foster obviously working in those England setups, he'll be very, very aware of, of those players. Um, so I'm hopeful they can do that because Tottenham, as I said previously, had a fantastic working relationship with Yeovil many years ago, whereby we loaned four players at once to them. Three of those four players, Rick, went on and played for England as four internationals you know, moving wow. for big transfers. We had at one time, we had Ryan Mason, Stephen Coulker, Andros Townsend and John Abika yep. all doing season-long loans there. And I said three of the yep. four went for multi-million pounds. So if we could get that sort of arrangement again, it would work really well for both clubs. And I'm sure Plymouth Argyle are going to have a lot of Tottenham fans watching their games this year and uh, become a lot of Tottenham fans' second team. Up the Pilgrims! Yes. <laughs> um, Archangel asked John, Scouting and recruiting young players obviously cost money and personnel. I wonder how much Spurs invest in this side comparative to other Premier League clubs. I mean, do you have a hunch, John, on that? Is it difficult to answer that one? I imagine it's lower based on the fact that we have so many local-based players rather than, as, as I said earlier, you know, the likes of Man City and Chelsea that bring in players from all over the world. Yep. But I know that when Fabio Paratici came in, he was a bit alarmed at how kind of little we were spending in compared to some of the other clubs and maybe even, you know, even at Juventus, who, you know, are a big super club in Italy. So um, I I think we've we've upped it massively. And I think, look, you can, you can see that from the fact that they're able to convince Mikey Moore 
who was wanted by everybody. Callum Olesese also wanted by a lot of clubs to sign pro deals at Tottenham because it was only one summer before where we actually lost two of our best young players to Southampton. And you think to yourself, how the hell can Tottenham build this seven-star luxury golf complex that is Hotspur Way and Southampton can come in and poach two of our young England youth internationals? But that's exactly what happened. And we lost young left-back Jaden Magoma and left-winger uh, Sam Amo Amior, um, which was a real shock for people at Tottenham. But we just weren't paying the money that was being paid at other clubs. Um, and and as, as such, it seems like under Fabio Paratici, we've now got with the times and we're now matching the salaries that, that others are paying. I can see why Tottenham were reluctant to do it to begin with, under um, John McDermott especially, um, because they didn't want players to lose that hunger of getting too much too soon. But unfortunately, when even the likes of Southampton are offering more money, uh, Tottenham had to, you know, amend their ways and, and get with the times, really. John, questionnaire is a really interesting one. Uh, Bob, again, he come, pops up. Really good questions, Bob. Bob. Um, yeah, I mean, look, but I believe the under-18s are going to come on to very, very shortly and the under-21s are playing an attacking style similar to Angie's. Did this start some years ago or has this been altered since his arrival, John? Um, I think it's really been altered since his arrivals. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about the under-18s in a minute, Rick, but just, just briefly, they now play with completely inverted fullbacks in a way that we do with, with Pedro Porro and Destiny Udoji in, in the first team. And they do it with Leo Black, who is a player that totally went under my radar until this season, or basically until he moved into this inverted midfield role. Um, he starts at right back and he basically lives in the midfield the entire game. And he's now chipping up with all sorts of phenomenal assists and goals in a way we're seeing Destiny Udoji and Pedro Porro do. And then on the other side, they've got Mason King doing the same in the left back role and moving into midfield as a left central midfielder. And we've basically got six in the midfield like we do with the first team. Um, So it's certainly something that has changed this summer. It's certainly something they're speaking about, you know, with under-18s coach Stuart Lewis um, to make those changes so that players are ready when they move into the first team um, for the the style and tactics that they're going to be playing. I mean, look, John, let's go to the under-18s who have been again doing... I mean, first question I want to ask you, how have they been doing this season? I mean, we did see they were defeated by Burton Albion 3-1 on Tuesday to advance to the FA Youth Cup. Give us a feeling and flavour as to what's happening for those under-18s at the moment, John. Yeah, that was a massive win um, on on Tuesday against Burton Albion. Uh, Burton Albion had knocked out Aston Villa in the round before, um, so there are no pushovers whatsoever. And it was always going to be a difficult game um, away from home in, in that fixture. Um, so, yeah, to go up to Burton, get the job done. Obviously, we had Brentford away in the round before, so we've not had an easy run so far. But, we've, you know, advanced to round five. We got knocked out in round three last year by QPR, so that's already an instant improvement. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we're just doing really, really well um, in, in terms of progressing whilst others have gone out. Manchester United lost 2-0 to Swindon. Um, you know, Man United are top of their equivalent under-18s league in the North Division. So... Yeah, you know, if we could win the FA Youth Cup, I mean, that would just top it off after last year's success with the under-17 and under-18 Premier League Cup. Um, And we should be one of the favourites for that tournament because we're top of the under-18s league. We've gone away to Chelsea. You know, they're all conquering Cobham Academy and beating them for free, um, which was much to my delight. Um, So, you know, with a team with Mikey Moore, with Leo Black, who I mentioned earlier, we've got this young striker, Ellis Lehan, who's coming to the team this year. He's only just 17 um, but he seems to have taken the step up from under-16s football to 18s very, very easily. He's a real sort of goal-mouth striker, poacher, seems to be scoring a lot of goals. Um, and you've got Callum Olesese, who's now developing as well um, as a more sort of central attacking midfield player, looking really, really good. So, 
yeah, I mean, for, for Tottenham as a whole, as I said, the under 18 should be feeling like they're one of the favourites to win that tournament this year. And if they could win the FA Youth Cup, it would really cement the positive trajectory the whole academy is going on. And who's the genuine standouts, John, from that under 18s bracket for you? Yeah, it would, look, my, my key would be the one, but there's been loads of others that have chipped in with lots of goals. We've just seen the news actually before we came on this show that Damola Ajayi has been rewarded with a, a first professional contract. Now, Damola is somebody who actually started the under-21s first game of the season, scored away to Man City in that 5-0 win. Physically, uh, having already played a lot with the, with, with the 21s and trained with them, he's like having an under-21 player in an under-18s team. Um, so, yeah, Damola Ajayi would be another one. Uh, and obviously, Leo Black, as I said, young right-back, sort of, if you think of Tarek Lamptey, that kind of style of small, stocky, strong, quick, gets on the ball, um, will make things happen and will get involved. So Leo Black's another one to really look out for. Interesting. John, with a whole host, I've got to say, of questions that have come in via the socials, I'm going to try and rattle through these. Um, Rick, some will be... Just, just, just one other point, just before we move on. Sorry, mate. I, I must it. mention this while we're talking about the under-18s. Obviously, look, they're into the next round now where they'll play Bournemouth. Mm. Bournemouth yep. did beat Newcastle 5-0 at St James's Park. So Bournemouth, obviously, a, a very good side. But I think there's the opportunity here if people on the socials can push Tottenham. I've been trying to do it. And if anyone listening could do it as well, tag Spurs, you know, that Spurs stadium account and just ask for the game to be played there. I can't tell you how much the boys, having played at Burton Albion's proper stadium last week, would absolutely love the opportunity to play, you know, at, at the proper Tottenham stadium, the new White Hart Lane, um, for, for their own, you know, confidence at playing there for a big occasion, an FA Cup fifth round tie. If fans can can suggest it to the club as much as possible and show there would be a genuine interest, you know, at one, seeing the, the players of the future, but also it's a great chance for kids to get down and watch the game, you know, re, you know, tickets one or two quid. Um, it could just be a really good occasion for the academy. So if we can get a bumper crowd down there, I know the players would really appreciate it. And uh, I just think it'd be an amazing opportunity. And look, if it can't be at Tottenham Stadium for whatever reason, if, if it's at Stevenage or somewhere like that, let's try and get together as a fan base to really support the boys and reward them for what's been an excellent season so far for them and show them our gratitude and appreciation and support in hoping they fulfil their potential and become full players for Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it'd be interesting to say if there's any take up on that, because I feel, again, with what we've seen, I think what might be key as well, John, is that if we're seeing that the under-21s, the under-18s respectively, are playing a similar brand of football to the first team, I mean, that can only really encourage people to want to get down and see them, right? Because that is the next generation and wave coming through Tottenham. Yeah, and then look, and then people can see, oh, look, if uh, Destiny Udoji was injured or if uh, um, Yves Basuma was injured, who can slot in? Who can we rely upon? Because they could physically see that with their own eyes. And I just think opening the stadium to so yep. many people where there'd be an opportunity for them to to view those players. And I've seen a great suggestion by Who's News in the comments just now, who says, make it free for season ticket holders. Yeah, why not? Season ticket holders spend a fortune already. People will yep. be in there and buying drinks and whatever else. So, yeah, make it free for season ticket holders and, and members. And, and let's try and get a really bumper crowd down there. Uh, great points. Look, John, we're going to throw some questions once again as we look, like I say, um, bring it to a close. It's been a fascinating show. Can I just say, this has been one of the most quickest hours that have really flown by. Um, and, John, I'll be honest with you, I'm not, as you know, John, I'm not massively invested in terms of the youth. Whilst it is really busy, important. Mate. I know. <laughs> I'll leave it down to you, mate. I can't. I, listen, when there's someone like you as an expert, I don't want to be crowded in that field. You just keep doing yeah. what you're doing, mate. You're absolutely smashing it. That's why we love you on it. Um, Spurs, you've industry asked, right, John, it's a quick free, right? Who was the one that got away? The one that didn't live up to the hype and the one that you didn't see coming? It's a Ooh. great cut. 
That's a great. great that is a really good question. Oh, look, the one that yeah. got away is obviously Marcus Edwards because you're looking at a homegrown right winger that's playing yeah. in the Champions League and even played well against us. The one that didn't live up to expectations that I thought was going to be uh, really, really good, Stephen Corker. He, for me, had all the attributes of a top centre half. Uh, I remember him playing in our for us in the Europa League away at Lazio. Nil-nil draw was really, really good. Uh, obviously yep. played for England, scored on his debut against Sweden. I thought Stephen Corker would have a kind of you know, top-level career with us as a centre-back for a decade or so. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Third one, Ricky? Third one was... <laughs> I've got to try and find it again there. John's put it on the spot. Here. This is presenting at freelance, isn't it? All this kind of style here. Uh, the one that you didn't see coming. The one I didn't see coming. Well, I, I think that could that could still be the case. And that could be Iago Santiago Alonso. As I said last year, I, I expected him to be, you know, out of contract and leaving the club and going back to a lower division in Spain. And now we're seeing him on the bench at Old Trafford. So absolutely, yeah. Iago Santiago Alonso. Hopefully he proves me wrong. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Paul Leach asked John, I'll be interested for your thoughts on the bench. I think he's obviously referring to the first team bench. One sub down, two goalkeepers on it. Seems like it's a really missed opportunity to have a young kid on the bench, even if they're not going to be involved, to at least have them experience the match day. Uh, yeah, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, actually. The two goalkeepers on the bench, so unnecessary. Why, oh, why didn't Tottenham just make the call and get Jude Sunsup Bell or Will Lankshire up on the bench at Old Trafford, especially when we're lighter forwards with Velez and, and Dane Scarlett being injured. They absolutely should have been rewarded with that. Or even Tyrese Hall, who the night before had scored two goals uh, for the under-18s. You know, give him, you scored two goals for the 18s, Tyrese, you're a standout player all the time. Come and sit on the bench at Old Trafford for the first time. Why not? Why not? Yeah, it, it really annoyed me. Look, I I'm, couldn't be any happier how Angie's going with the club and, uh, and the way the whole... Tottenham is moving at the moment, but that, that is something that annoyed me no end. Two goalkeepers on the bench. Never, ever want to see that. OK, Brock says, John, I know your answer to this, but can you elaborate for the viewers why there's such an issue that players like Donnelly, Dorrington and Santiago are being picked in the first team squad, but are not playing under 21, under 21 matches? It's reminiscent of the development issues that we had under Pochettino. I'm hoping it's just the one off for the uh, Man United game, because I okay. said earlier on in the season, they were playing both. You know, I remember Jamie playing on the bench on the Sunday for Spurs uh, against Newcastle, I think it was, then played on the Monday night for the 21s against Leeds, then was on the bench at Forest on the Friday night for the first team. So, yeah, I I'm hoping that was just a one-off and it doesn't repeat itself because I think they're a bit unlucky in that the under-21s and under-18s both played on the Friday, both played away games, and then we were away at Old Trafford on the Sunday. So I just think it yep. logistically didn't line up perfectly, um, but I hope it's just a one-off. Okay. Um, Ghost of White Hart Lane. I don't know who that is. Uh, somebody's tag out as a brilliant. Uh, Josh Keely Lone deal, John. How big a hole is that for the academy? Will Austin or Whiteman ever unsurp Forster? Okay, so a quick one on Austin and Whiteman. This is a question I get a lot because people see their ages, 25, 24, you know, not really playing. For Tottenham's point of view, you've got two homegrown, club-trained players that for Premier League players are probably on, and I don't know this for facts, but probably on incredibly low money, you know, two to 3,000 a week. I know for us guys, that would be a lot. But, but you know, for Premier League players, incredibly low money, that don't kick up a fuss, that don't moan, um, that are happy to be seemingly third choices or so. I think, I think Austin has done a year in the MLS and did a, a bit of time alone in Denmark. Whiteman was in Sweden for two years. Um, so... Yeah, look, I mean, for club registration reasons, they're incredibly helpful, those guys. We see it at Man City with Scott Carson hanging around until he's 208, um, you know, lifting all sorts of medals that he would have never have got. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I think they don't cause any issues. They count for both squad registration reasons. And if it allows the likes of Josh Keeley, Luca Gunther to go out on loan and develop, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. OK, John, we're going to come to, we're going to try and wrap up the final few. Lots of questions asked about Tyrese Hall. Irish Hotspur asked the question, as of does Max Maluri, but again, lots of comments. Tyrese Hall, how big is his future in a Tottenham shirt, potentially? Amazing. And I said, he's my, one of my favourite players to just watch. Anyone that can watch him on Spurs play, or if you can get down to a game, just watch the way he effortlessly glides and turns with the ball. Uh, it's just a kind of natural thing you either have or you don't have. Um, he's, you know, he's one of my favourites, as I said, um, development-wise to watch. And I, I really look forward to his progress eagerly, you know. And I'm hopeful that, that England will make the call when he'll get involved in an under-19 squad. Because for me, it's a complete myth that he hasn't been called up as yet. Yep. Melman says, and I'm going to actually butcher this guy's name now. You're going to have to help me out here, John. Uh, Rio Kiermaten. Rio Kiermaten. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm doing Lima Queen here. Talk to me. Talk to me. Any chance <laughs> at first team football anytime soon? Looks like a right player. Yeah, he has great moments in games, Rio, at the moment. Rio, okay. confidence and fitness. I know that sounds strange, but about the 60, yep. 70 minute mark of games, he seems to be really worn out and tired. So it'll just be about, you know, doing some different things in training and or just playing more matches. Um, so, yeah, so Rio's a really top prospect, though. I really do like him. Okay, brilliant. Daryl there asked the question, John, how much of the academy strategy now is come and play in an amazing place and get sold, V's actually a genuine opportunity to be brought through to the first team. Is there like a percentage on that? Or is that a really difficult question to no, ask? No, I, mean, I, mean, I said we used to be phenomenal at getting people involved, even if... Do you remember that season, Rick, where Jake Livermore made about 38 appearances, but they were all two or three minutes from the bench at the end of games? Is that where we right. finished mid-table? <laughs> Probably. But Probably, even then, yeah. yeah, but then he was sold for five million quid. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Carroll before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to be very good at getting good fees, but now our best players over the last few years, Dylan Mark Handy, Marcus Edwards, Jack Clark, we basically just give them away for nothing, um, with the incentive that we'll whack all these sell-on clauses in. So it's just a different kind of way, I suppose, of managing the the talent. Um, because I think they will earn big on, on Edwards and and Jack Clark and Jack Clark maybe even in this window. I understand I've been told by a few agents and people that West Ham really do want Jack Clark in this window. Obviously, Tottenham have got that, I was told, 35% sell-on clause. If it goes for 20 million, you know, Tottenham are going to pick up a really decent chunk of change on Jack Clark. Yeah, this I agree. Look, guys, we are going to try and bring this to a close. It's been so absolute phenomenal questions that are coming in. Uh, Alex here just says, John, how does the purchasing of young talent like Phillips Villiers affect the advancement of academy players? Got a negative view uh, on that, that, John? Or Yeah, it, it absolutely does. I think there are two different scenarios. Phillips, I think, was too good an opportunity to turn down. Two million quid for the England under-19 captain that we're now loaning out to another club and he's just continuing his development and his value will continue to rise. Valise was an interesting one because we were already well stocked with academy forwards um, that I personally think are better than Valise at this moment in time. I was fortunate enough to see them play together or the forwards academy with Valise played together in the um, EFL uh, trophy game matches. And I came off with the impression that both Jamie Donnelly and Will Lankshire were a bit ahead of Valise at the moment. Um, but, you know, time will tell and it's a bit unlucky because obviously when you when you sign someone like Belize, who's a full Argentina youth international, yeah. he's probably on treble or quadruple the money um, that some of the academy boys are on who probably think, look at him, they're going better than you. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a difficult one. But look, sometimes you take these gambles, sometimes they work, sometimes you don't. And it's very early days with Belize. He might turn out to be sensational. Who knows? Yeah. Final question of the night from me, John. Um, who is going to be the next real breakthrough star? I mean, many of you, some would already say that it's Jamie Donnelly. 
huge amount, of course, of first team action for him. But this is going to be really setting the bar high, isn't it? I mean, when you look at what Kane has done, and again, that took about seven or eight loans to get him to probably where he got to in terms of breaking into the first team. That also, Anyone... sorry, that also yeah. took a manager willing to give him a chance. You know, I don't oh, want to keep yeah, banging yeah. the Tim Sherwood drum, but he was the <laughs> one that threw him in when yeah. other managers who had a £27 million Roberto Soldado and Emmanuel Adebayor, who could start a ruck if he weren't being picked, as you know, um, put Harry Kane in the team and just kept playing him. And he kept scoring. He scored him three games back to back. And that gave him the initial confidence of being a first-team player. And it was then under AVP that he slowly started getting introduced off the bench, if you remember. And then it was uh, Poch that he really got in. So a a lot of it's about luck and development at the right time. If I had to pick one, I don't think I could. I'd have to pick two. I think think two are going to be full Tottenham Hotspur players. And that's going to be Alfie Devine and Jamie Donnelly. And very high ceilings, John, potentially, in Spurs shirts. Yeah, I could see both playing for England as well. Wow. Okay, listen, we'll leave it on that high. John, um, it's worth us pointing out, you know, we have missed the Lily White Rose podcast. I think many of that, again, are really in tune with the youth. We'd love to know when that's coming back. Can you give us a bit of an insight? Is there a bit of a for us? I'm sounding like a politician at this point. I've been making false promises for the last year that it's coming back, it's coming back, it's coming back. And I am really thankful, listeners, you know, those that DM me and send me messages asking where it is and when it's coming back. So I promise you, next week, it is coming back. It is revamped. And uh, we've got a lot to look forward to over the year ahead with the youth. And I'll be delighted to be covering that for you guys. Amazing. John, this mate, it's always a pleasure. We have not done this enough. It is purely down to the fact that me and John just don't get much sleep these days. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, mate. It's hard work, yeah. kids and everything else. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah. thanks for inviting me back on, Ricky. It's an absolute pleasure to be on this show, as, as it always is. And I've really enjoyed it tonight. And I hope our Pleasure, listeners man. have got a lot out of you. Oh, absolutely, mate. I've got to say, there's been absolutely so much love that's come through for you. Because, again, there's... I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know whether you feel this, John. I mean, look, you do provide a service which is, into some degree, I wouldn't say neglected or limited, but it just maybe isn't viable, you know, the actual background of knowledge you've got with regards to the academy and youth. Not many have that knowledge. So, again, when is that opportunity there to bring it to the forefront? Many at the moment with the club doing so well, they just want to hear great news. And I think, again, we bring you on it probably, I've got to say, one of the most upbeat times in what years? Am I fair to say that, John, in years, terms of where we are? Years, yeah. years. But you can just see that from the people at the club, mate. Everyone's got a smile on their face. People are happy to be there. Yeah. Um, this is a really positive time for the club. And us as fans should embrace that. You know, we should leave behind any previous ill feelings or division amongst the fan base. And let's unite and let's be positive and let's move yeah. forward as Tottenham as one for all of us. Totally agree. Look, the passion is there. And this man's got so much passion for the youth. John, thank you so much. Just one final reminder. John, where can we find the work you are doing for the Spurs community on our youth? Where can we check you out, John? Yeah, on uh, Lily White Rose uh, Twitter and also Lily White Rose on Instagram. Amazing. John, it has been... Mate, it's been an absolute true pleasure. Please, please, please go and follow John. Like I say, if you are one that just wants to keep a bit of a brief eye on the youth, look, I mean, I'll be honest with you and me, it's relentless on the first team, so I don't really have the chance to see what's going on. But the one thing you know about John, I've known him for seven or eight years. This man, in relation to the youth, absolutely knows his stuff. And if there's something to know, John will know it. So please go and make sure you're checking out anything, John, with regards to Lee White Rose related. And the podcast, can I be honest with you, they're not like last one Spurs. They're not two and a half hours long. They're short. They're snappy. They're easy to listen to. You could be able to do the cleaning, go to work, and actually not keep walking around in circles and driving around in circles. This is the last one of Spurs for two and a half hours. But um, there you go. It literally is, like I say, a great pod. We're delighted that's coming back. We'll hopefully get John back on here 
I'd like to say the next couple of months and see if much has changed or what's going on because it's always great. John, thank you, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, you Ricky. And Ricky, just on, on behalf of all your listeners, as one myself, please go and have a rest now. I don't want to hear about <laughs> you doing the pods tomorrow night, sneaking off in the, the toilets at the restaurant to do a pod or anything <laughs> like that. You focus on your wife and your kids. And, uh, Bless you, my man. But I tell you what, if I do end up doing a pod in the in the sushi restaurant, that will not go down well. I mean, that'll be one of the most bizarre places I've recorded. But um, I can see that will not be happening, one hundred percent. Good man. Listen, thanks a <laughs> lot, bad. Pleasure, mate. A pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for all your support. Incredible support, not just this week, not this month, but of course over the years. John from the White Rose, there giving you the lowdown on the youth. Make sure you check him out. From all of you guys, please keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.